Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Internet? Welcome to a special bonus podcast of the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar. Joining me today is Editor-in-Chief of Engadget, Dana Wellman. Hey, Dana. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. I mean, we are fresh off of the Apple event, the iPhone 15 event, and we just wanted to like quickly run down everything we saw here today. Um, first of all, how did you feel about this event, Dana? Um, this is like yet another pre-produced one from apple it feels not as organic as their live events but what's your what are your overall thoughts on this thing well first of all i double checked the time on the clock Mm -hmm. when it ended i think it was like maybe a roughly 90 minute event i was sort of like what Mm -hmm. that's it um i've definitely seen longer apple events this one seemed more compact and condensed than others and just Mm -hmm. as a behind the scenes note i felt a touch of relief for sherlyn um she is by herself at the event. She does have a video person with her, but as far as editorial people like us, whose livelihood is um, writing and editing words, taking photos, uh, she's by herself. So I felt like she was going to do this alone. Um, She at least has like a pretty moderately staid Mm -hmm. lineup to work with. I didn't think um, uh, this was like the journalist's worst nightmare of like covering a vision pro (laughs) or two vision pros all by yourself (laughs) with no backup. I mean, um, so yeah, I joined Sherlin for the Vision Pro event, and I will say I do have some, like, uh, I don't know, flashbacks or nightmares to running up and down Apple's campus, because that day involved going to, like, three or, uh, like, five different meetings at different corners of the campus, so when I see the fancy-looking, you know, um, the UFO building, and I see all the pathways and stuff, all I remember is how tired I was doing all that, so, yeah, uh, shout out to Sherlin, everybody, shoot her a note, podcastandgadget.com, if, uh, you know, if you have any thoughts for Sherlyn and hopefully we'll hear from her soon and her thoughts on this event. Yeah. Donate to our GoFundMe so that Sherlyn can have as much in and out as possible during her trip. Uh, That's true. To the West coast, uh, stress West eat coast. as much as she likes after the event is over. Yeah. So it did seem like a pretty straightforward event, Dana. Um, they just started straight off basically with Apple watch stuff, but even before we got to the event. Um, I found it kind of funny that Apple started with this very um, emotional, slickly produced uh, promo about how many, like the Apple Watch saving lives again, which they have done before, but this was, they just really kicked things off with it this time. But what did you feel about that? That's never been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a really, sure. it's a well-produced ad. But yeah. it's also selling the Apple Watch while also telling these really heartwarming stories about, yeah, the Apple Watch saved lives, which is good. I want to give credit where it's due. Someone in our chat basically, was it you or was it <laughs> Sam perhaps? But one of you mm-hmm. basically said the message of the ad is basically like, buy our products or you will die. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> it's not great, but also it's effective, I would say. Like, I think Google has tried to do this in some of their events, but also... I look at this, I look at things like fall detection, I look at things like crash detection, 
And I think about, you know, my parents are getting older and it would be really nice to just like, this is a small expense to get them something that could get them emergency help if they need to, or alerts to the family if something happens. So that like, it is both cloying and manipulative, but also, yeah, they're right. They got me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand from a marketing perspective why Apple has mm -hmm. to convince people it's a must-have product instead of a nice-to-have product. I also think it's been around for close to a decade. Prices have come down, and it has so many cool features that maybe they could just lean into the fact that, like, it's a wearable device that actually at this point is useful in a lot of ways and does mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. It tracks your workouts. It makes it easier sometimes to... Um, check into flights and flash your boarding pass. I mean, there's just all sorts of use cases. Um, the highfalutin thing just seems um, really grandiose and unnecessary. It's, a, I don't know. I, 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 if I had built something that had this technology, I'd be like, yeah, please, please make sure people are aware. Because I have an Apple Watch Series 4, which does not have a lot of these features. But since Apple started talking about crash detection, I think last year or two, very recently, it's a pretty recent feature to the apple watch that got me interested in the safety aspects of it um we have the apple watch series 9 they started things off with this thing and um this seems like a pretty major update too more so than series 8 or series 7 i'd say it features the s9 chip they say it has a 30 percent faster gpu a four core neural engine for two, two times as fast machine learning tasks i think the most interesting thing to me dana it has siri on board it can do siri requests without fetching you know to, to the cloud and through your iphone do you find that compelling oh the on chip stuff mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um i think that was one of the more interesting announcements today actually yeah yeah that you could i think the dream with the apple watch is like you raise it up to your to your mouth and you issue commands and we, we have been trying that. I think the first Apple Watch got some so-so reviews because it was really slow. Um, I think the platform was not well-equipped to really fast voice commands like that, but it's gotten better. But actually doing it on device um, without touching the cloud, that's going to make life a lot easier. I think all these things, Dana, are really convincing me to upgrade for my Apple Watch Series 4. I don't know where you stand, If you what you're running. I know you like the Garmin watches. Oh, gosh. Well, don't get me started. I've barely run this year <laughs> since giving birth, and I feel bad. Yeah, no, that's, that's how it <laughs> but, goes. Wait, do you have a jogging stroller yet, Dana? I'm borrowing one. And, okay. Buy uh, a jogging stroller. Pro tip for Dana and all parents listening. <laughs> uh, perhaps the best investment I made in terms of baby gear. I can't. Apple should just be producing strollers at this point because I feel like it ties right into their families. But anyway, okay. I'm sorry you didn't get to run that much uh, this year, Dana. Yeah, what, do you, so what do you typically run for smartwatches? Um, so I, I have, um, I still really like Garmin's Forerunner watches, mm -hmm. but I think, um, I do think as much as I've given Apple um, grief in my own written stories for Engadget about how, for instance, off its GPS tracking has been, I do think its watches have gotten better over the years for running, both in terms yeah. of battery life, in terms of the GPS accuracy. Um, they finally added a run-walk mode after <laughs> I right, really right, made right. about it for so long. <laughs> it's all I wanted. Um uh, what was the original question? <laughs> I mean, what do you, what do you, do you have an Apple watch at this point? Or I do. You yeah. I, and okay. Yeah. Mine is recent enough. I think I bought mm -hmm. it. I forget if it was last year or the year before time is a vortex, but if you're using a series four, I think you totally should, um, yeah. or not should, but, but can get a new it's, one and not feel too guilty about it. 
it's one of those things where the series four i think was the first major uh speed upgrade for the apple watch and also major design upgrade that's where the screen got a lot bigger and it still runs really well it does everything i need to and i'm also not a hardcore runner or anything um it's just nice to have for notifications uh i will say series nine is really really selling me apple also introduced this thing that i think surprised a lot of us too a double tap gesture while you're wearing the Series 9, uh, which you could use for handling notifications or selecting things, it looked like. What did you think about that gesture? It looks like you're just like, you know, putting your index finger and your thumb together in a way. I think it is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just, first of all, I, I rarely gush about this <laughs> stuff. I rarely go into fangirl mode, so yeah. um, people should know that. But it just, first of all, it looks fun um why can't we have a little bit more fun with our devices um also fussing with the other aspects of the apple watch's interface for instance the digital crown is not always my favorite thing um but it just seems intuitive i'll be glad to test it in practice um who knows um we don't know exactly how perfect or convenient it is until we test it of course but Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it looks cool it looks it is one of those things where it's like well that is a very Apple move. And also, uh, as, as like one of the people who've tested a Vision Pro, like what's interesting is that that is very similar to the Vision Pro pinch and select gesture. And it almost seems like Apple is just out there uh, getting people used to this idea of using your finger gestures uh, for, for actual gadgets and stuff. That's so smart. by the time, yeah, by the time somebody can get a Vision Pro type device in a couple of years, this will be like second nature to you. You won't have to learn anything new, really. Um, it looks cool. Uh, Apple says that they are detecting this gesture by uh, tracking the tiny movements of your hand and your blood flow to make sure it's correct. So it's also so over-engineered in an Apple way just for a simple pinch gesture. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's just, it's neat. And there were some other things around Series 9 that I think are interesting too. Apple uh, spent a lot of time talking about its environmental work. Uh, there was a comedy sketch featuring Octavia Spencer as Mother Nature, which I think was pretty well written, but also kind of cringe um, because it was all about Apple saying like, we, we are doing so good when it comes to uh, environmental policies. They're planting forests. They're doing all sorts of things. They announced that this Apple Watch Series 9 is their first carbon net neutral product uh, pretty much entirely carbon neutral we have to do some digging there because that term carbon net neutral i think can be construed in many different ways apple it looks like apple is counting carbon credits i think because it's planting those forests and there's been a lot of reporting from environmental reporters and science writers that the whole idea of carbon credits is kind of garbage too like yeah, they, they don't believe, really add up to much yeah yeah i don't want to show our full deck of cards i believe we are planning further coverage about apple's mm-hmm. environmental focus and we're not going to come out of the gate calling it greenwashing unless we can back it back it up right there right. is a whiff of greenwashing about this whole thing and it's not specific to apple often when companies are so eager to tout their own um, mm-hmm. environmental milestones um it's just apple is so good at it you know, Apple can get Octavia mm-hmm. Spencer. Apple can get surely some comedy writers to do that sketch because that feels funnier than just having some Apple, you know, marketing folks put that together. It feels like there was work that went into that ad. Um, yeah, just just kind of funny and self-serving. And also related to that, to that they also announced that they're not going to be doing leather products anymore. So no more leather watch bands, no more leather cases. Uh, they introduced another, a new material. It seemed like it was slightly recycled that looks kind of cool. 
Um, what do you think about the leather change? Because I, I do think that is kind of interesting as well. I actually think it's the piece of news from today that's most likely to reach a wider mainstream mm-hmm. audience. I do think that there are news consumers out there who don't particularly care what um, fairly iterative updates the new iPhone brings or the new Apple Watch brings. Mm-hmm. I do think a big company like Apple uh forgoing leather and all of its future products um is news that maybe a wider audience would care about for sure and interesting sure. to see if other companies follow suit right mm-hmm. i mean a lot of people are talking about the impact of in you know anything environmental and leather it, it does require a lot anything involving cattle is uh heavily damaging to the environment so if you're not even using those materials maybe you need less cows around um it's interesting they have other materials they're talking about with this. Um, I'm, I was surprised. There were reports that the Apple Watch was removed from the Hermes store um, last week, and it looks like they actually worked together with the Hermes for a new kind of watch band that I'm sure is going to be very expensive, but is not leather. So interesting move. Yeah, yeah. I think most other companies compensate by calling their product vegan leather. And mm-hmm. who knows, maybe yeah. Apple has something in the works. I was a little surprised that that wasn't straight where they went to on this. Right, right. It's again, yeah, it's not, I think when a lot of other companies talk about vegan leather, that feels like they're just pretending like it's not plastic or not some sort of weird composite material. And it sounds like Apple's just making a push to be like, uh, ours thing is a little different. That's kind of interesting. Uh, they did show off the Apple Watch Ultra 2, which I think is a lot less interesting. Um, it's running the S9 chip as well. They're also calling this thing the S9 SIP. And it sounded like people were having um, a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, speech impediment there like while they were talking about this stuff (laughs) sip stands for system in package and we don't really hear that too much but that seems like the new language here it has a brighter display it seems like battery life is very good it has a higher altitude range are you at all more sold on the ultra 2 dana i would say um i i always thought there was a market for Mm -hmm. um the Ultra 2 is basically competing with some very expensive hiking watches from the likes of Garmin and others. Yeah. And those um, are even more expensive than the Ultra in many cases. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was interested to see the um, extension of the satellite SOS feature mm-hmm. um, so that you can now get roadside assistance. That seems even more useful than its original intended <laughs> Uh-huh. purpose um, going back to sort of apple being really quick to want to assure people that the apple watch can save your life um not that it can't but i feel like you're much more likely to be in need of roadside assistance than need to Stuck be rescued in the from of the desert underneath yeah. a boulder <laughs> like on the side <laughs> of a mountain or something it's totally one of those things that was also a feature they announced as part of iphone 15 but i'm pretty sure it'll be part of the apple watch uh whole thing too um yeah, you know, we talked about the hiking and the satellite uh, tracking and satellite calling for emergencies. It seems like one of those things where I am, as a dad, I'm always a little anxious about like when I take my family out, what if something really bad happens? And it seems like Apple is adding a lot of features to just make people feel good about using their products and feel safer using their products, which is smart, I guess. I think that's pretty good. So Apple Watch Ultra 2, not a huge update, mainly the chip, mainly the design. It is twice the price of the Series 9. Do you think it's worth twice the price? Um, Probably not, at least not for most people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Ultra was ever for... Um... No for most people it, it was definitely for tech bros who never go on hikes but want the fanciest apple watch so I, that's the only place i ever saw i never saw outdoorsy people wearing that thing um mm-hmm. i don't i've never even asked myself how often it's quote unquote okay to <laughs> trade in um an apple watch um mm-hmm. 
I mean, I guess we were just talking about this with your your series four, right? My series four is that's like four or five years old at this point. So and it's still going strong. I was having know? a conversation with someone just yesterday about um, there is like a real inherent um, conflict of interest with Apple and mm-hmm. the sustainability sustainability push in that like um, they haven't made their trade in prices more generous for older models right Mm, so there's still like a real incentive for the end user for shoppers to trade in their devices more more quickly than not um and of course from like just a wall street perspective the fact that it's a publicly traded company they're graded on how many of these devices they sell each quarter so i think um apple very much would still love it if you traded this stuff in quickly no matter how durable it is yeah. and no matter how many software updates it receives yeah. so i don't know i guess circling back to your question like it would be a less ridiculous price if um the trade in value were mm-hmm. higher for longer and if you had every reason and every incentive to keep it I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily a replacement for Ultra One owners, but maybe it's more to entice people who've just held on to their other Apple watches. I will say, like, compared to pretty much any of other tech company data, like Apple devices do keep their resell uh, resaleability very well. Um, they also last longer. We were just talking about this in the Hangouts uh, at the Engadget Slack. Um, they do taper thing... off though. Like they peak mm-hmm. and then they taper. They off. do. But compared to like an Android device, like I have family members who buy Android devices because they like Android because it's generally cheaper, but they're replacing their phone every year because after a year of usage, it it turns to crap. The screen is broken, like physical buttons just don't work anymore. And the experience isn't that great, but they end up spending more money, I think, over several years rather than buying an iPhone that would probably last them, you know, three years easy without many problems. Um, so that that is the whole balance there. Certainly, I think... Um, Ever since the launch of the iPhone, there's always been this idea, right, that you cre- Apple creates these things that could cannibalize their other products. And I think just having long-lasting products is one of those ideas. Um, there were reports, and people often talk about this, that Apple did slow down some devices as they release new software to make the experience of using those devices slower. I think that's more of a complicated question. I don't think that was really done to make people to make your experience worse. I think it was more like, um, yeah, uh, if, if left unchecked, you, you would actually have a slower phone if it was trying to tap into all the features it used to. Um, that's a yeah, whole I don't buy the yeah. conspiracy theory there. You know, tech people are certainly like, uh, gadget geeks have a lot of conspiracy theories. So anyway, uh, we're onto the iPhone 15 now. And I think the iPhone 15 is a pretty uh, nice looking upgrade. It has the dynamic island. Um, the design is a little more cohesive now. The colors for every phone um, are embedded in the rear glass. So it just looks like it looks more put together, I'd say. It looks like a more complete package. There's a 48 megapixel main camera um, for really detailed landscapes. It also enables a 2x optical zoom, which is the first for an, for a plain iPhone, for a non-pro iPhone. I believe that is just a crop of that 48 megapixel sensor, but still, that's, that's zoom. That's useful zoom. Um, the night mode is getting better. It is getting the A16 Bionic chip from the iPhone 14 Pro from last year. And yeah, Dana, you talked about that roadside assistance feature. Um, you need to use, you need to either be in the AAA member to utilize it, or you could, I think, pay per call with AAA. Apple also says you'll have uh, two years of free satellite service with those phones. I, have we heard much about like what their standalone satellite pricing is from the other phones? I didn't try it last year. 
So I don't know if Apple's even talking about that yet. Uh, yeah. Offhand, I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah, I wonder if they're waiting until those phones are two years on and then they have to like announce some plan to get satellite back. So what do you think of the iPhone 15 um, itself, Dana? I think um, I'm pleasantly surprised at the staying power so far of the dynamic island. Not that I expected mm-hmm. Apple with the way it does things to have yeah, ditched it, yeah. even if it was not a success. But I think having come on the heels of the touch bar on mm-hmm. Max, which was, I think, a failure. <laughs> and sort Complete of failure. But oh, rejected man. by um, people who actually use Apple products. Um, I think I've been impressed, pleasantly surprised so far by um, the better utility of it mm-hmm. in general. And so glad to see it here. Also, just, again, a little pleasantly surprised that it's worked out so well that it just has overtaken the whole line, including the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro. Yeah, I feel like I wish Apple could have just done it all uh, last year, like get Dynamic Island and everything. People did talk about uh, who own the iPhone 14 Pro, that not many apps use it. Developers haven't taken full advantage of it yet. I do think now that cheaper phones are getting it, um, there's going to be more support out there. Uh, every time I take an Uber or a flight and I see people with uh, Dynamic Island phones, you get those little updates at the top. I'm a little jealous because I have an iPhone 13 Pro and I have to swipe down, swipe down into the notifications tray to see any of those things. It's just a really fun uh, use of the screen space. And we have too much screen space, I think. It's just, you know, you could do so much with it, especially at the very top of your screen. Uh, overall, I think this is a pretty nice up- update. Uh, my wife uh, has an iPhone 12 that I bought her. It was actually her first iPhone. And that thing is still going strong. So I'm also like over here just kind of waiting for it to die because I'm excited to uh, to gift her something with a better camera to take better pictures of the kids. Uh, but again, this is part of the the Apple things. Like I'm waiting for this iPhone to die. It's, it's probably going to take a while. Uh, she shattered the back glass somehow, but that doesn't, doesn't really affect the functionality of the phone. She has a case. So anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, New York City subway, you'll see more people with more mm-hmm. jacked up phones <laughs> being held together yeah. with like, is that like a New York City subway thing? Or is that like public spaces I think everywhere? It's just public spaces. Because yeah. you don't, if your back glass breaks, um, who cares? It's fine. Like it's unless it's uh, cutting you or something, it doesn't hurt the functionality of the phone. So you're okay. Um, anyway, iPhone 15, I think a pretty solid update. Uh, oh, also has USB-C. And we were talking about this in our Slack channel. That is kind of a big shift for Apple. Um, I remember talking um, various places. I think I was on CNBC in 2012 um, when Apple made the lightning shift. And I was arguing against another Czech journalist who thought like lightning was better. And my position was Apple should have gone to USB-C back then. They had the power to do it. Um, It wasn't fully widespread. But if Apple had committed to USB-C back then, um, I think our lives would be a little easier at least. Yeah, Yeah. no. And it's cool they're doing it. It's just I think what's less cool is like them Mm -hmm. acting like they're doing us a favor when actually the European Union just forced (laughs) them to do this on behalf of the rest of the world, basically. Pretty much. And uh, that kind of worked out well, too, because our uh, one of our Aaron Gadget writers, Dan Cooper, pointed out that the first European Union push was towards micro USB, which would not have been as nice because that is an annoying connector that can only go in one way. It was kind of slow. Um, so it was nice that this it took until USB-C was a thing for that to actually happen. Um, yeah, you'll be able to charge your iPhone with the same cables people charge their Android phones with. Uh, when we had Mark Grimman from Bloomberg on a couple of weeks ago, he also mentioned something interesting, Dana, that Apple was throwing around the idea of doing a 12 inch MacBook with lightning way back when, like that was, they were trying to commit to that rather than putting USB-C on that MacBook. They wanted to go all in on lightning. So at least Apple didn't go that far. 
they kind of split the difference where USB-C was in the computers and Lightning was in the, the portable devices. And now they just have to shift all towards USB-C. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. This is better. It's better. It'll make life easier. Um, what's funny is that it's still USB uh, two speeds on the iPhone 15 because I figure Apple Apple thinks people don't really plug in their phones and they're probably right. Uh, but what's different? Yeah, go ahead. Would a USB would a lightning powered MacBook uh-huh. have been more or less annoying than <laughs> a Surface device with its like proprietary weird, charging weird connector? You know, it would it would have been about the same thing, but Lightning never had uh, the breakaway feature. Like Lightning is always very strong in a device, so it never had the MagSafe stuff. You know, so I think that would have been annoying. I, I would I would have been extra annoyed as a 2012 journalist looking at a Lightning MacBook when USB C is up and coming. You know, uh, but you're right. Um, we have. I don't like those either. Be- by the way, like mm-hmm. just let the whole industry figure it out. We're all going to USB-C. Well, you know what? Uh, check out Engadget.com, Dana, because we wrote about uh, Thunderbolt 5, which Intel is talking about. Oh, and I know. Is, it was our yeah. top performing story today before the Apple stuff. Oh, nice. That's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, Intel is going all in Thunderbolt 5, and none of that stuff is in these new iPhones. Apple's not talking about it yet, but that is definitely like the future of USB-C, uh, just faster stuff, faster data. Uh, higher video output, all sorts of things like that. Talking about USB-C too. Um, so we we saw the iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone and Pro Max as well. They also are moving over to USB-C. What's interesting is that Apple has reserved a new USB controller with USB 3.0 speeds uh, just for the Pro models. So I guess for people taking photos and high-res video and stuff with these phones, you'll have a faster way to transfer that data. I guess that makes sense if you're trying to keep costs low on the cheaper iphone do you feel like that's a big disadvantage for the uh for the plain iphone just to be stuck in usb2 no um mm-hmm. i don't think it's a disadvantage i mean i think um i'm just putting myself in the yeah. the the shoes of someone comparison shopping at the store between the different models. I think in the past, oh, yeah, they wouldn't even know. Yeah. No, I've seen more compelling reasons than this to mm-hmm. upgrade. So it's, it's sort of like, if you know, you know, right? Like mm-hmm. if you know enough to care about it, you're probably not looking at the basic model. It's true. Anyway, it's right? true. And I think uh, rewind 10 years ago, Dana, like I think back then we were plugging in our iPhones to synchronize uh, backups, to synchronize songs and stuff. And now it's all over the cloud. Right. Like our iPhones just automatically back up to the cloud um, when you're charging overnight or something. So the the world and the way we're living with these devices is very different. I think Apple just made a change around that. Uh, the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max also have titanium uh, coverings. I don't know what your thoughts about that are. It looks smoother, more polished. And Apple says it'll be the lightest Pro phones yet. Uh, any thoughts on titanium? Does that look compelling to you? It's compelling. And didn't Apple once have, didn't Apple used to have titanium in the Apple watch? And I think it had discontinued, did it discontinue the titanium or am I conflating it? I, no, I think else? it's still there. It was like okay. a, pro, it was like an extra offering. You could pay a little more for some Apple watch models to get it. And I've heard from I'm people. I may be conflating with something else. Sorry. Yeah. I heard, um, I think Jason Snell, uh, you know, a very renowned Mac reporter, uh, really likes that because it makes the device, um, noticeably lighter. So we were hearing from Mark Gurman that, uh, you know, the addition of titanium should make the Pro phones about 10% lighter than before. That's kind of nice. Uh, I do like big screens that are getting lighter. Uh, that'd be a nice thing to see. Also on the Pro phones, uh, there is an action button. That was rumored for a while. Instead of the mute toggle switch, there is a button. 
uh, with haptic feedback uh, that you can program to be a mute button, to be a camera trigger button. It can also do accessibility features. That's pretty cool too. Um, beyond that, like there's not really much different, right? There, there is a new chip. There's an A17 Pro chip, and what's interesting is that Apple's calling this a Pro chip, whereas in past years it was just the A16 or the A15 or something. Uh, now that they're basically putting the new chips on the Pro phones and then bringing them down to the iPhones a year later, they'll probably just call next year's phone, you know, uh, the, the plain iPhone next year will just be an A17 or something. So interesting that they're making this difference. Uh, the Pro phones are also getting 48 megapixel main cameras. Uh, they're move, bumping up to a 24 megapixel general shooting size which is up from 12 megapixels, I believe. We've been sitting at that for a while on iPhones. And the Pro Max has a three time, uh, has a five time zoom for the very first time. Uh, they're using a new feature. We were uh, speculating they call it um, a periscope camera. I think like Samsung was calling it. It's similar tech, but you get higher zoom on the Pro Max. Um, how do you feel about the Pro, Zena? And would you bump up to the Pro Max just for that higher zoom? Would I bump up to the Pro Max for the higher zoom? For the, yeah. So the plain Pro has a 3x zoom and the did Pro we, Max because it's bigger. You know, right. It's did, they, did they clarify if that's optical zoom or not? It is optical zoom. So optical that's the whole zoom. thing. Because of the way the lenses are kind of sandwiched and the material. You know, sandwiched. that yeah, would be tempting. Nice. That yeah. would be tempting then. Um, mm -hmm. It is one of the things. I, my iPhone is about two years old. I may or may not upgrade it this year. We'll mm -hmm. see. Um and I generally like the experience, but yeah, um, I think on my basic iPhone, my normal sized iPhone, I think the experience of zooming in is one of the few things I don't like about it. Yep. So no, it is tempting. Um, do you have a pro or do you have a plain iPhone right now? I have a plain. Okay. I think if you bump I, I know up I just pro, called it basic, but yeah, the, the <laughs> it baby, works. The, the normal iPhone. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I think a normal pro with the three X optical zoom would still be really useful for you, Dana, because also you're doing the same thing. I am, uh, you're going to be juggling a child and a toddler while trying to juggle a phone. And I've, you know, tested the pro max, uh, in the past. Uh, I always find them too heavy. That thing weighs about, uh, half a pound, which is a lot for a phone. But we haven't had any, um, I haven't seen any specs uh, measuring the weight of these new ones with titanium. So if the Pro Max is lighter, that's tempting. It's certainly tempting, but still big and unwieldy. And I can't imagine going for a run uh, trying to store the Pro Max somewhere. So that's me. I'm kind of wrestling with that. And honestly, I want to know what our listeners think. So if you have thoughts, are you thinking of jumping up to the iPhone Pro Max? Or if you think the Pro is fine, or is the plain iPhone just fine for you? Drop us a note at podcastandgadget.com. We'll also be doing another episode later this week where we dive deeper into a lot of this stuff. Uh, this is just our, you know, post-event recap. Uh, Dana, any thoughts, any like other thoughts about the iPhone Pros? Um, I think they look nice. If the titanium is as sleek and strong as Apple says, I would be consider, I would consider going caseless with these things. I don't know. Any thoughts? That's an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they are gorgeous. I mean, it would be, um, uh, yeah, it would be nice to go without a case if you feel <laughs> uh, if you feel confident enough. If you feel brave, durability. I, I typically have a case because again, kids and phones fall all the time. They grab my phones, um, but when I take my phone out of the case, sometimes and I just hold it. I do kind of look at that thing and be like, I wish I could just hold this. Uh, I wish I could live like this. I wish I could just have a naked phone the whole time. I, I have a case. The case itself is a little beat up, and it's not mm -hmm. even the most durable of cases. It's like a fairly skinny silicone case mm -hmm. it's not like i went for an otter box to like guarantee 
maximum durability. But I think I recently took off the case just to peek around. And actually the phone was in like um, Mm -hmm. pretty immaculate shape considering how often I've dropped it. So like I was correct that like if I went caseless, Mm -hmm. I would drop it all the time. And like as context, I did shatter the screen on my previous phone. So maybe (laughs) I have reason to be paranoid. But no, actually the screen, it's in pretty immaculate condition. I don't know how much thanks I have Mm -hmm. to this like... um, this silicone case and how much of it is actually yeah. Apple's design decisions. Once you put a case on it, like your phones can stay pretty pristine. And then when it's time to resell, you're in better shape, right? You'll get a higher resale price too. So that's a whole thing to consider. Um, I'm, I'm thinking like, these are pretty nice updates. Um, we saw the dynamic Island last year. So that feels less new here, but I think the combination of bumping up to USB C the camera changes, even if you don't go for the pro max, I do like the idea of having a 48 megapixel camera in my pocket. That just feels extreme for like big uh, landscape shots. Um, It seems like night mode, all those things are going to be getting bigger um, or better at least. And uh, yeah, I don't know, a faster iPhone. Uh, The A17 Pro chip is also fast enough to play a lot of like console level games. So Apple showed off games like Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 4 will be playable on the iPhone 15 uh, Pro and Pro Max. I wonder how they're going to relate that to like the other phones. Are you not going to be able to, can you buy it, but are you going to get a warning on your lesser iPhone saying that it's too slow to play these games? Apple's never really been in that position before because every Apple arcade game can play on pretty much almost, uh, almost all of their hardware. So this is also another interesting step Apple's moving into. Um, I don't know. I know. Uh, are you considering upgrading Dana? Where, where are you at now? iPhone wise. Do you mean upgrade from basic to pro yeah. or just like turn in the two year old phone I have and just turn start fresh? Two, yeah. yeah. Start fresh, but also go to pro. I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I'm tempted. I mean, again, I, I I'm torn between wanting the cool thing and wanting to be sustainable. Yeah. Even yeah. setting aside retail, like this, this, the, the trade in values on mm-hmm. this stuff, um, like setting aside any, any question of money. It's like, I kind of want the cool thing. I, I agree with you. I think the zoom is a fairly compelling reason to step up. Mm-hmm. I think the last round when I was comparison shopping, I think the main thing that the pro had that the basic one didn't was LIDAR. And mm-hmm. I think I just assessed that like for my own use cases, I wasn't going to use it that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, the zoom is compelling. I do more often try to take zoomed in cropped photos. Yeah. Um, Useful with kids when you don't want to be right up to them, but you want to get like a closer view. Yes, that is actually the use case I have in mind. So, Mm -hmm. um, no, I want the cool thing. And I do think the pro is especially compelling this year compared to like just pro variants of years past. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, my phone runs well. It's in good condition. I haven't (laughs) mucked it up yet from a sustainability perspective. um, Do I need to be turning this phone in yet? You're saying thank you, Apple, but also curse you, Apple, for creating a device that... (laughs) Has survived if I could find yeah. like a willing person in my family mm-hmm. or my orbit who needs a new phone and would take this one, mm-hmm. that might be the best solution. That'd be nice. um, Re- I, I'm, I, I'm sure you'd get a good price too if you resold that too. Yeah. If you resold that to your carrier or whoever. Uh, I'm on a 13 Pro right now, so I I still feel pretty good about it. The only thing I missed last year was uh, Dynamic Island. I'm thinking of stepping up, and it's always kid photos. Those are the things that really compel me because. Um, the camera updates are really nice. Uh, running after kids to try to take a nice portrait photo or something, having faster processing power to do that faster does make a difference. You know, when I bumped up to the 13 Pro, I was taking nicer pictures. Have I ranted on this podcast mm-hmm. about 
my dad and the fact that he <laughs> is legally blind. He oh, often asks mm-hmm. for tech support, but yeah. he refuses to buy an iPhone. He has a thing about <laughs> Apple specifically for some mm-hmm. reason, but we're all imploring him to get um, an iPhone. It's not just that we think the accessibility experience will be good mm-hmm. for him, but it's like all the people who could possibly be giving him tech support yeah. are already or iPhone on iPhone. Owners. It's it's more it's more of the family push. Like, uh, yeah, it was my wife was the one Android user in my like immediate family for a while. So when I could actually convince her to go iPhone, it made life easier because we could FaceTime but and we could do all these so things. He's so stubborn. Yeah. He'll go to the mm-hmm. Verizon store and like he won't just come back with an Android phone, but he'll come back with the most random the worst. Android phones. Yeah. He'll be like, yeah, I I came back like I bought a. I got a Samsung Galaxy K for free. And I'm like, the <laughs> Galaxy K is not even something. I, I'm making That's, this up. There is yeah, no Galaxy it's extra, K. Yeah, yeah. But it is extra annoying when our families do this. Like my yeah. parents, they they got these like random uh, smart devices, smart watches from work, which are awful. And they hate using them, but they got them for free. So they they like using them. It's, it's funny. You know, tell us your family situations, folks, because I think these stories are always good. Um, the one good thing, Dana, if you're like, I think the convincing argument would be if he got an iPhone, he could get an Apple Watch eventually. And that would be that's nice for everybody. Like that could be a health tracking thing for your dad, too. And maybe that would be your guilt trip for him. You know, the man is stubborn. So first, mm-hmm. let's let's work with him. If he's going to get an Android phone, I want him to get yeah. a Pixel instead of the Samsung yeah. Galaxy Rando <laughs> It's not even the Galaxy S. Um, And then maybe we can get him onto an iPhone one day. And then one day uh, in the next life, he'll be using an Apple watch. Okay. I'd love to hear more of these stories and listeners. Yeah. Podcastinggadget.com. Tell us your stories about transitioning your family members. Maybe you all want to be on Android. Maybe you all want to be an iPhone. I don't know. Uh, Any takeaway thoughts from this entire event, Dana? This seemed pretty straightforward. There were no big surprises. We had no more Vision Pro details. Uh, Yeah. What's your takeaway at this point? No, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. I mean, this is true every fall event, but especially mm-hmm. this one. Um, at the end of the day, Apple is graded on how many iPhones it sells each quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it really does just need to be about the iPhone. It's about the iPhone. And selling and more Apple iPhones. Watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. selling more iPhones. Uh, selling more Apple Watches because they, they got me. They got me within five minutes of this Apple Watch uh, demonstration. So I guess Apple's plan was successful. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us on the Gadget Podcast. Stay tuned. Uh, tune in on Thursday because we will still have a normal podcast episode where we'll dive into some deeper thoughts about Apple and uh, a lot of things are happening this week. Um, you know, the U.S. Uh, versus Google uh, trial is beginning. That's all very interesting. Dana, can you let us know, what are you working on these days? Where can people find you on the internet? Um, so I'm mostly working on editing and (laughs) managing. Um, I think you're going to see more writing from me and some contributions from me in our upcoming holiday gift guide, although that's not running until November. Um, and you'll see me on all sorts of topics from gifts for runners to gifts for, um, tech gifts for parents. Um, but so more from us there. It's going to be a busy season for Engadget in general. Seems, seems really busy. I mean, we're traveling again, too. So, you know, I will be in New York next week for the Surface event. It's all very exciting stuff. Uh, I do hope, Dana, that we can make your family's commentary like a running column on the site or something. Uh, Mona's, Mona's take on the Apple event. And also... <laughs> yeah. Dana's dad's thoughts on uh, on whatever phone he's using at this point and why uh, he hates Apple. Why? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Why is he a contrarian? <laughs> why are why are all of our boomer fathers contrarians? It's a uh, it's an enigma. Thank you so much, Dana. And Thank you. Uh, see you next time, folks.